Hey everyone, this is Johnny Martinez, pastor of Restoration Church, and welcome to our podcast. We hope this podcast inspires you and encourages you as you seek to follow Jesus. We hope you enjoy the sermon. We're gonna, like I said, we're gonna continue in our series, uh, in our Gospel of Mark series. So if your Bibles, uh, turn to Mark chapter three. Mark chapter three, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, in person or online, we're taking a journey through the Gospel of Mark. And we are on week 157 and barely hitting chapter three. Uh, so it's a long, long journey. I'm just kidding. I don't know. We're like week 15 or something like that. Uh, but I really hope that this journey has uh, really um, caused you to get to know Jesus a little bit and who he is and what's important to him and, and how the gospel all fits together. And, and at the end of this series, my hope is that you would really have an understanding of Christ and why he came and, and really have an understanding of the gospel of Mark where you could explain your way through it. You know, a lot of times, we, you know, we kind of preach on different passages every week, but there's, I believe that there's nothing like going through a book of the Bible and seeing the, the, the big picture of the book and really being able to understand that. So I'll be reading out of preaching today out of Mark chapter 3, verses 31 through 35. And I titled the message uh, today, we are family. We are family. Uh, so let me just kind of give you some context so we understand what's going on. Uh, so Jesus, uh, he, his ministry has been growing in popularity. I mean, he's been the talk of the town. He's healing people. He is casting out demons. He's forgiving sins. He's, he's ministering to people mainly in the region of Galilee. And so he's become very, very popular. He's gone viral. But we know that with great popularity comes also great opposition. And so these religious leaders of the day, uh, they want to kill Jesus. They want to uh, end his ministry. They want to destroy Jesus. They actually even say that he's a demon-possessed man. And so Jesus is facing a lot of opposition from the religious leaders of the day. And so a few weeks back, we read that Jesus' family, his Jesus' earthly family was very concerned about him. Uh, they thought he was actually going crazy. That's what the scripture says. He, he's lost his mind. And so they want to go find him and bring him back and take him to Nazareth. And so in today's text, we're finally going to see Jesus' family attempt to take him back home. And I really believe that it's really interesting because when we go through books of the Bible, I really ask God to place these texts at the right time at the right season of our church and of our lives. And I really believe that God has placed this text here for us to preach on and to, to understand uh, in, 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 in this time, uh, at the very end of this year, going into the next year, because we really, really need to hear this message today. And we really need to hear the next one. I just love seeing how God orchestrates when, where he puts these texts and, text and when we're going to be preaching and learning from them. But I, I really believe that today's text is going to be super important going into 2021. That's some of the context. Now let me read the main text for today. It says this. And his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. 
For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the scriptures. They are infallible, authoritative, inspired. And God, you speak to us through your word. And that's what we ask today. That through the power of your spirit, that you would speak to us clearly. That whatever happened this morning or this week, God, that we would be able to set it aside for a few minutes to hear clearly from you, to hear powerfully from you. And God, help us be doers of your word, not simply just hearers of your word. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Challenge us, convict us, comfort us, encourage us. Help us grow in our grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. God, thank you for 2020. It wasn't a throwaway year. We have seen your provision. We have seen your protection. We have seen your guidance in our lives and in our church. And I truly believe, God, that the best is yet to come for the people of Restoration, for the family of Restoration, and for Restoration Church itself. God, lead us in our time together here as a family. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. When I was young, uh, I grew up in the church. Anyone ever grow up in the church? Like right when they were born, they grew up in the church. Uh, I remember growing up in the church, and uh, maybe you can relate to this. We would oftentimes, or I wouldn't, but the adults would, uh, the adults would oftentimes call each other brother and sister. Anyone grow up in one of those churches? Like Brother Dan or Brother John or Sister Lucy or Sister Christina or what? Anyone ever grow up in those churches? Like with brother and sister? Yeah. And I remember being uh, very, very young and thinking like, that ain't my mom's brother. You know, that ain't my mom's sister. What? Why are they calling each other brother and sister? That's super weird. I don't see them at any family events. I've got no presents from them. Like, you can't call them brother and sister. Like, what is the deal with these kind of people, you know? Uh, but the, I just thought it was super, super weird when they would call each other brother and sister. And I just really didn't understand that as a, as a child going to church. But as I got older, I started realizing that, okay, you know, I, I, I understand it. Like, we're a part of a family. We're a part of God's family. And so, you know, people call each other brother and sisters. A lot of people still do that today. And, and looking back at it now, I'm like, you know what? We kind of lost that a little bit in today's modern church. We've kind of lost that family feeling or that family vibe or that family culture respect when, when we, um, you know, call each other brothers and sisters. And so we're, we're bringing this back. We're going to start here at Restoration, a new trend you know, we're bringing something back. You know how like things always come back, like clothes and shoes and all that stuff. We're bringing back brother and sister. So from now on, I want to be referred to as a holy reverend brother Johnny, if that's okay with, with you guys, if that's totally cool with you. But, but you know, I really miss that brother and sister thing now, you know, being as an adult, because really the physical family, our earthly families really kind of point towards a greater family. They point towards a spiritual family family, uh, the family of God, the family who are grafted into uh, God and, and, and the children of God. And so, you know, I was really thinking about the family of God and, and our spiritual family and how things are going these days. And, and I, there's two things that kept up creeping into my head that I really think are some devastating issues in the church today, and especially concerning the spiritual family of God. And the first issue is this. I, I think there's been a lot of abandonment 
of Christian fellowship. There's been a lot of abandonment of Christian fellowship. Hey, I don't need the church. I could be a Christian without the church. I, I don't need that. I could do my own thing. It's all about my relationship with Christ. And I don't need the church. What, you know, what, what, I have, what I have to go to church for? But when I look at scriptures, I, I see the opposite. I, I see first, I see an encouragement from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10 says this. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. There's an encouragement to, to, if you're a part of the family of God, to continue to come together in community, in a spiritual family, uh, to, to come to church and, and be with other believers, like-minded believers. There's an encouragement. And then there's also a warning in Scripture as well regarding the spiritual family. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 19, it says, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that it might become plain that they are that they all are not of us. And so for John's readers, uh, they've seen a mass group of people, a large group of people leave the church. And so what John is saying is saying, hey, you know, on the outside, you know, it seemed like they were a part of the family of God. They, they'd come to church. But really the fact that they have left revealed some truth about their spiritual condition. It revealed that they really didn't have genuine faith. For if they truly had genuine faith, if they truly were believers, if they truly were Christian, they would continue with us. They would continue and persevere and be part of the church. So let me, let me just make something clear. Part of being a believer, a genuine saved believer, is persevering in community. Now I know right now it's, we're in this really interesting time in our history where people have left the church Right for many reasons, some very legitimate. But let me let me let me just say this: if you take a person's life at the end of their life, and there was no genuine involvement, no genuine desire to be in community, if they have left us, right? If they went out from us, I would truly question the genuineness of their salvation. I would. If you look at the totality of their life. Now, there'll be some seasons where true believers will leave and stray away for a bit and come back. Like I think it's happening now, but there's some people that have left the churches through the pandemic that are not coming back. And it simply has revealed the spiritual condition of their faith. You see, because when Jesus saved us, we were saved from something, yes, but we were also saved into something. We were saved from sin and death and spiritual death, but we were also saved into community. We were also saved into a family. And so that's the first thing I really see when it comes to the spiritual family of God, that we've abandoned Christian fellowship while we think we still are saved. Number two, I see this a lot, that everyone is a child of God. I see this all the time. 
people believing that they're children of God, both believers and non-believers. I've talked to, I'm a child of God, I'm a child of God. But there is no evidence of them being a child of God. But that's so, that's so further from the truth. I mean, not everyone is a child of God. And that's just the honest truth. So the question I want to answer today is who really is a child of God? How, do, how are we going to be included in the family of God? And what type of priority should the family of God have upon our lives? And honestly, I believe that today Jesus' words are, are, are going to be a little shocking to you when we, when we understand them and when we, we talk through them. They're going to be a little shocking to you, like they were shocking during Jesus' day. But I also believe that we need to hear this. These are words that we need to hear from Jesus, just like the people needed to hear them during Jesus' day. And so today, here's how I broke up the message. I broke up the message, message into three parts. First, uh, it's the message. There's a message that's going to be relayed uh, from Jesus' family to Jesus. The second part is the question. Man, Jesus always answers uh, questions uh, with other questions or statements with a question. So the message, the question, and then the answer. That's how we're going to break up today. So first, the message. It says this in verse 31. And his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. So Jesus' family has a message for Jesus. They have this message for him. Now notice what Mark tells us here in this passage. It says that his mother and his brothers came to him. They didn't mention his dad. They didn't mention his dad, Joseph. So most likely at this point in Jesus' life, Joseph has passed away. We haven't seen or heard about Joseph since Luke chapter 2 when Jesus was in Jerusalem. His parents forgot him in Jerusalem. They realized they forgot him and they went back for him in and uh, we haven't seen Joseph since then. Mary probably got rid of him for losing Jesus. I don't know. But uh, we haven't seen him since then. But Jesus had brothers. Did you know that Jesus had brothers? Jesus had four half-brothers and at least two half-sisters. And so Jesus was born into this large, large family. Matthew chapter 13, 55 through 56 talks about Jesus' brothers and sisters. It says, is not this the carpenter's son? Is not... His mother called Mary, and are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas, and are not all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So Jesus was born into this big old family, at least four half-brothers, at least two half-sisters. So he was born into this big old family. And Mark tells us that his mother and his brothers are outside trying to call Jesus. So let me kind of paint you a picture of what's going on. Most likely what's going on is Jesus is at the center, and there are people, hundreds, maybe even thousands of people around Jesus in a circle all around him, in concentric circles all around him, and he is teaching them. And so you have his family at the very end, and they want to relay a message to Jesus. And so what do they do? They play a good old game of telephone, right? Remember that game? Good old game of telephone where you tell someone something and, and you, you know, they, they, they pass it down at the very end. It's like nothing, nothing what you said, right? And so that's what they do. Jesus' family say, hey, hey, tell Jesus that we're looking for him. Tell him that we're seeking him. Hey, we need, to, we need to talk to Jesus. And so they told that last person and that person told that person all the way until it got up to Jesus. And notice that it wasn't 
Jesus' family that relayed the message. It was the crowd. It said, and a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him. It was the crowd that told Jesus this message. It's the crowd that relayed this message to Jesus. So what was the message? Mark tells us this. He says, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. Why do they want to seek Jesus? Like, why, do they, why are they looking for Jesus? They, they were looking for Jesus to take him home. Like they, they, again, they thought he was crazy. They thought he has lost their mind. And so now they're going to find him, to bring him back, to take him to safety, because they're super worried about his health. They're super worried about his safety. And they just think that Jesus has lost his mind. And they think he's super fanatical about the things of God. And in reality, Jesus' family did not understand what he was doing. Jesus' family did not understand or comprehend why he came to this earth. And so I just want to pause for a moment and tell you this, that if Jesus' family misunderstood him, your family is going to misunderstand you as well. Like if Jesus was misunderstood by his family, your family will misunderstand you as well. They might think, you know what, you're too fanatical. Like, why do you go to church? Like, you're too religious. Like, you're super outdated. You really believe in that book of fairy tales? That's so weird. Like, you know, the science has just proven it. You're so brainwashed. You know, just churches just brainwash people. They might not understand what you believe. That there's only one way to salvation, and that's through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. They might not understand you. They might not understand why you go to church, why you make it a priority to go to church. They might not understand why you make it a priority to pray or study your Bible or go to small group and be in Christian fellowship. They might not understand that you give to the church. Oh man, the church just wants your money. They're all about your money. They're brainwashing you because they want to wipe out your bank account. Don't you understand? They might misunderstand you. Maybe for some of you, God has this crazy plan for your life. And maybe one day God is going to call you into vocational ministry. Maybe being on staff at a church, maybe being a church planter, maybe being a missionary. And even your own family might not understand the call that God has upon your life. And if Jesus was misunderstood, you will also be misunderstood. But you know what? It's better to be misunderstood by men than to compromise your beliefs about God. It's better to be misunderstood by men than to compromise your beliefs about God. Do not compromise. Do not compromise. So that's the message. The Jesus family is looking for him. Now here's the question. Here's the question. Jesus answers them with a question. He says, and who, who are my mother and my brothers? Who are my mother and my brothers? Jesus is so uh, notorious for doing this. Whenever someone would ask him a question, he would respond with a question. When someone would ask him, you know, make a statement, he would respond with a question. He was just really um, known for this. And here's what Jesus is truly saying with this brief question. Who truly is my family? Like, who really is my family? And Jesus is about to answer that third, third part, the answer. Here's the answer. Here's what he gives us. And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, 
He is my brother and sister and mother. If you were there and you were Jewish, this would be shocking to you. It would be so disrespectful for Jesus to say something like that. It would be extremely shocking for a culture that valued and, and prized family. I mean, just think about Jesus' mom, Mary, for just a second. She raised Jesus. She cared for Jesus through his entire adult life. And now he's like, you know what? Who, who is my family? It's those that are here. I mean, just think about how maybe hurt she might have been. Or think about his brothers and sisters. They grew up with Jesus. How angry they must have been that Jesus would answer that way. It was a shocking statement for Jesus to say. But he said it. Now, who is part of Jesus' family? How do we become a part of Jesus' family? Who is called a child of God? Mark tells us that Jesus said, for those who do the will of God. For those who do the will of God are a part of Jesus' family. Jesus' point here is this, that his true family, his real family, is not an earthly family. It's not a physical family. Jesus' true family is a spiritual family. It's, it's a family that you enter through by repenting of your sin and placing your faith in Christ. It is a family that is being entered by the grace of God for those who have been grafted into the family of God. It is those who, by the love of God, have been adopted by God into his family. It's those who do the will of God. Now notice this word, whoever. This is a very interesting word, whoever, because it has both an inclusive and an exclusive aspect to it. Whoever, right? Uh, the inclusive. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what gender, what financial status, where you grew up. It doesn't matter. It's a very inclusive, whoever, right? But it's also exclusive. It's those who have been saved by grace through faith. It's those who obey the word of God and the God of the word. Not out of, uh, you know, I have to, but I get to. Those are the ones who are Jesus' spiritual family. It's obedience that only comes from faith, from saving faith. Now, I want to say this. Look, Jesus doesn't diminish our earthly families. Jesus doesn't diminish our physical families. I'm sure he loved his family. I mean, if you remember him on the cross, he took care of his mother on the cross, right? He loved his family. He cared for them. But what Jesus is doing, and this is the point of today, is that he is elevating a spiritual family over the earthly family, over the physical family. The spiritual family of God is far superior. The spiritual family of God is far stronger. The spiritual family of God is far more satisfying. The spiritual family of God is actually far more demanding as well. And the spiritual family of God is far more dear than any human relationship that we can have. Steve Lawson, my favorite preacher, puts it this way. When he, he, he has a contrast between the physical family and the spiritual family, he says this. Our physical family is temporal. 
Our spiritual family is eternal. Our physical family is earthly now. Our spiritual family is heavenly forever. Our physical family is one that we enter through natural birth. Our spiritual family is one that we enter through a supernatural birth, a work of the Holy Spirit that causes us to be born again in Christ. Jesus here elevates the spiritual family over the physical family. He's saying, hey, there's a greater family. There's a truer family. Yes, the the, the earthly and physical family, it's good, but it's not the greatest thing. Let me give you some more examples in the Gospels where Jesus talks about family and his allegiance to him and, and the people of God over our physical families. Luke chapter 14, verse 26. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, and by the word, by the, the word hate there means it, it's a semantic um, uh, rule that says, that really means um, love less than. That's what he's trying to say. Obviously, Jesus doesn't want us to actually hate our own mother and father, but to love less than. So if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and his wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Matthew chapter 10, 34 through 39. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. However, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Luke chapter 9, 59 through 62. To another, he said, follow me. This is Jesus speaking to someone. Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Think about that for a second. Hey, Jesus let me, let me go first. I want to follow you, but let me, let me go bury my, my father. Jesus like, no, I'm the priority here. I'm the top priority. Verse 61, yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me say farewell to those at home. Hey, let me say, let me say goodbye. Let me have a, a, a go away party. And what does Jesus say? Jesus said to him, nope. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. What Jesus is saying is like, look, our earthly families, our physical families are good. They're good things, but they're not the ultimate thing. They're not the true thing. They're not the greatest thing. And so Jesus is asking us, his followers, for greater allegiance to God, to the people of God, to the kingdom of God, than even our own families. I know it might be a little shocking, but one thing... <laughs> One thing I, I told Christina when we first planted this church that I would always tell the truth no matter how hard it is, with grace and truth. And trust me, I've, I've taught this message to myself this entire week. Before I ever preach it to you, I preach it to myself. There are so many times where I've elevated my family, my marriage before God. And I've taught this, but it's, it's the truth. You see, our physical family is but a reflection of an even greater spiritual family. But yet somehow, church, somehow, and I'm guilty of this too, we had made our physical family of greater importance than our spiritual family. We have elevated our earthly family over our spiritual family. 
about a year ago, I was talking to this guy. He was a church planner. He is a church planner here in, in Arizona. And he came from the south. And so he had about already a year here in Arizona. And we were just having some coffee. And I said, hey, man, tell me, tell me about Arizona. Like, what do, you, what do you think about it? Like, give me, like, your first, what was most surprising to you? And he kind of thought about it. And he waited. And he said, you know what? He said, the most surprising thing and shocking thing that I've learned about people here in Arizona is that parents worship their kids. And, and, and this guy has, he's married. He has a, a probably a 10-year-old daughter. And he's like, man, but I just noticed that, that we have put our children up on this pedestal. And we worship our kid over God. Like, it's all about the kid, he was telling me. Like, it's all about the kid. The kid runs the house. And, 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 and I was shocked that he was, I was thinking about something else. Like, man, it was hot. Like, he came in the summer, and it was super hot when he came. That's what I thought he was going to say. But he's like, dude, I noticed that people and parents elevate their children. Whatever their children says, that's, that's what goes. If the children don't want to go to church, we ain't going to church. If we, children wants to do this, we do that. But you know what? We've done that not only with our children, but our marriage. We've elevated our marriage or this idea and concept of marriage over God. Our siblings, our relatives, or whatever it is, our, our family, our earthly family, we've elevated over God. And so our family gets our best worship, and God gets the second best. You see, but when we worship any earthly family, any earthly relationship over God, that's essentially idolatry. To put anything before God is idolatry. And so our home has become many temples where we worship our family, where we worship our spouse, our kids, our brother, our sister, our parents. Instead of worshiping God, and we only sacrifice for those within the walls of our house. So, church, what does this mean for us? Then? What does this mean for you and I practically? What does it mean? It means this. Here's my challenge to you. As Jesus says, hey, your true family is your spiritual family. In 2021, I really want to challenge you. I really want to challenge you to make your spiritual family a top priority in your life. A top priority in your life. Now more than ever, don't we see that? Don't we need each other with what happened this year? Like we need each other. Like we desperately need each other. I need you. You need me. Like we need to be in this family thing together. Make your spiritual family a priority. Our vision here at Restoration Church has four parts to it. We want to help people know God. We want to help people find community. We want to help people discover purpose. And we want to help people make a difference. The second part of our vision is important to us. We want to help people find community. And Christine and I, we've always said this. We said we're not like family here at Restoration Church. We are family. We're not like family. We truly are Family here at Restoration Church. You are part of a true spiritual family and you matter and you are important to, to this family. You're not like it. You are family. I was kind of thinking back about a couple months ago when 
uh, some of our, our really, really good friends, they were over at our house. And, and that's part about, that's one thing that I, I really thank God for in 2020 is just the, the spiritual family that we now have. And so we were, we had our friends over at our house and we were talking about something I can't really remember. But then I said, hey, you know what? We need to have like a, a family day at the park. Like we need to have a family day at the park. And my friend goes, she goes, oh, that's cute. You know, that's cute. And I'm like thinking in my head, I'm like, did I really just say that we need to have a family day at the park? Did I really say that? But man, it's so true. Like I truly see them as my family. As, as my family, and I really did mean that when I, when I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? They are my brother and sister. They are not just like family. They are family to me. Like if they were blood family. We are not like family here at Restoration Church. We are family. And look, I'm not the only one that has found family here at Restoration Church. There's a lot of people. I hear a lot of stories of of you connecting and finding family here at Restoration Church. And I actually have a video that I want to play for you. So take a look at the screen. Hi, everyone. My name is Dan Rupel. I am a member of the Dream Team at Restoration Church. I've been with Restoration since the inception of it. Well, I, I have been going through some health issues. Um, and uh, Pastor Johnny, yourself, uh, Lots of people, um, the whole uh, men's group, have reached out to me, made sure that I was doing okay. They've checked in on a regular basis. They have uh, done just an amazing, you know, brought meals to the home. Um, there was a women's small group as well, and and it was it was just very heartwarming to have that to, to see that kind of support. They prayed over me. Um, we have, have become very tight, very close. And it's just an amazing feeling to, to know you have that much support with your church. Well, the men's group, being part of the men's group is nothing that I, I had really even considered prior to Restoration Church. But um, once, once I became a part of it and once we got rolling, I thought, yes, this is something I want to do. And it's just been an amazing journey. Um, we have all become very, very good friends. Um, I look forward to it. Uh, you know, we get to meet, we get to talk, we get to um, bond and socialize with each other. It's always a, a, a great experience. We learn about Christ, we learn about the Bible, we learn about each other, and we are very, very close. All, all, all seven of us are, are, are very close individuals now. And I think that's just, it's just amazing. Um, we text each other, we joke with each other. It's not a uh, always a very serious thing. It's, you know, we're, we're, we're buddies and we're brothers. And that's just amazing. I just love it. Join anything with the church. It's, it's just amazing. The, the closeness that you have, um, have faith in God, have faith in Jesus, believe that Jesus will, will do what he promised. And because I am living proof that he has, um, he has, he has blessed me with um, seeing doctors that are that he has given great talents to to keep me in as good of health as I can be. He has blessed me with a wife of 47 years. He has blessed me with many, many things. And this church just reinforces that. And it's, you know, Johnny as, as lead pastor is, you know, he preaches from the Bible. He preaches from the gospel. It's 
legitimate preaching. It's not a sales show. It's not anything else. It's it's one of the most heartfelt, close-knit churches I've ever been to in my life. I just think that everybody that um, sees this, if you're not a member of our church, please join. Please see somebody. Please give any of us a call. We would love to have you. Uh, if you are a member of the church and you're just not involved in anything or you're quiet or shy, look for us when we're there. Look for us online. Um, look for us through Zoom. If you don't go to the church right now because of the pandemic, we're always there. We're always ready to talk to anybody, see anybody. Um, it's just an amazing experience, and I want you all to enjoy it. Come on, give praise to Jesus for working in our church. Isn't that awesome, man? I love it. I love it. I love it. That Dan has found a community, and Dan and Karen, we love you very much. And we know it's very difficult for you to be here uh, today, just to even make it down here. So thank you so much for being here. We, we genuinely love you. And Karen and Dan, you are not like family here at Restoration Church. You truly, truly are family. You mean the world to us. And church, that's what, again, your financial generosity has done. Uh, it has allowed people to find community, to find hope to find encouragement, to find brotherhood, to find sisterhood, to find a place where they belong. You belong here, too. Let me give you four very brief things you can do, that are very practical things you can do as we head into 2021. Number one is attend church regularly. Attend church regularly. Make it a habit to attend church. Make it a priority to attend church. I mentioned this a couple of Sundays ago that Gallup, uh, Gallup released a study uh, that compared the mental health of people from 2019 and 2020. And the only group that had an increase in their mental health from 2019 to 2020 were people who went to church every single weekend. And I thought that was very interesting and very telling of the importance of being in community, the importance of being under uh, pr the preaching of the word of God. So number one is attend church regularly. Number two, join a small group. Join a small group. Get connected. Get connected. Uh, we make so many things just available to you so that you could get connected, so that you could find community, so that you can meet people and do life together. Because here's the thing, the enemy wants to isolate you. Like he wants to get you alone where he's got you. Man, when you're in community, when you have that protection, when you have that encouragement, when you fall and you need people to get, get you back up, man, you have those people there in your life. And we're going to be starting um, a new semester of small groups in February. Uh, so I'd encourage you to join that. Number three, uh, complete the restoration growth track. Complete the restoration growth track. The restoration growth track is a four-step process. It's, a, it's four classes that allow you to get plugged in into our church uh, to serve alongside of other people. And that's one of the best ways that, that you can actually meet people and, and, and really join into the community here at Restoration Church is by serving alongside other people. Is to complete the Restoration Growth Track. And number four is invite others into our family. Invite other people into our family. You see, church, we are not like family. We are family. So I encourage you to help others join our family. There are people, your friends, your neighbors, your family members that are looking for family, that are looking for something real, that are looking for something more, that are looking for something deeper, not, not, none of the superficial, shallow relationships. And there are people in your life 
that are looking for that. And invite them to join the family. Share Jesus with them. Preach the gospel to them. Invite them to be a part of the family. Question today is, the biggest question and the most important question today is this. Are you part of God's family? Are you part of God's family? Are you one that has been saved by grace through faith? Have you repented of your sin? Have you placed your faith in Christ? Do you show evidence of a saving and genuine relationship with Jesus Christ? If not, I believe that today God is inviting you, whether you're in person here today or you're watching online, that God is inviting you into his family. He is inviting you today into his wonderful, beautiful, diverse, massive family. He wants to adopt you into his family. How do we join his family? We confess. We confess our sin. That we've blown it. That we've messed up. That we have completely offended a perfect and holy God. And we have now committed our life to following after him. To doing his will. To pursuing him like never before. To confess our sin and to commit to enter his family. My hope and my prayer is that you would join the family of God. It's messy, but it's beautiful. It's a beautiful mess. I wouldn't change it for the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today. We thank you for the scriptures. God, I know that Sometimes your words, Jesus, are very tough to swallow, especially today's text. But God, I pray that through the power of your spirit, you would work in our hearts, that you would soften our hearts. God, forgive us if we have worshiped our earthly, our physical family over you, our spouse, our kids, our parents, our siblings. Forgive us. God, change our perspective going into 2021. They got our true family, our real family, is our spiritual family. Help us make that a priority. Our spiritual family is eternal forever. Our spiritual family brings us joy, brings us peace, brings us encouragement when we need it and when we're down. And God, I know that many of us have been hurt even by their spiritual family. But I pray you would heal wounds, you would restore hearts and minds and you would restore relationships. Maybe it's one of us that's hurt somebody. May you give us the strength and the courage to go to our spiritual brother and sister in Christ and ask for forgiveness.
that we were not we we were saved from sin and into your family. God, I pray if there's anyone here today or watching online that is not a part of your family, would you draw them to you today? God, your word says that we cannot come to you unless you draw us to you. By the work, by the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, would you draw us to you today? God, we thank you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. Without you, this ministry would not be possible. If you feel led to give, please use the link below as we seek to make a difference in people's lives. Also, please make sure to share this with your family and your friends. Again, thank you so much for listening.